Hello, and welcome back to the Rose Rambles. This is a podcast where I, Angel Rose, do in fact ramble. And I ramble about things that I'm passionate about uh, with people who I find really interesting. And today we are following suit with an amazing woman who I connected with on social media in regards to a topic that I think has been really hard for women to shed light on, uh, especially if they're experiencing it themselves, and that is infertility and pregnancy loss. It's a heavy one, and I know it's hard to bring it up, but I also know it's so important. And today we're joined by Robin Hobbs, and she does it so eloquently. She finds a way to very accurately explain her situation and the facts that she knows um, and share emotion in a way that is so relatable and so understandable. And I applaud her for that. I'm so excited for you guys to hear her journey and hear a little bit about what she's been up to. So without further ado, welcome Robin. Thank you. Super excited. I'm so glad you're here talking to us today. (laughs) So I think we'll just get right into it. And I'd love for you to just tell everybody a little bit about you. All right, I can do that. So my name is Robin Hobbs. I am from Espanola and I run a spa called Blissful Aesthetics. I am a dog mom to two pooches and a wife of almost four years. Um, yeah, so pretty much, I guess I can jump right into sort of the reason for the podcast today, why Angel approached me. Yeah. Um, So I've been dealing with infertility and miscarriage, and I've recently become kind of an advocate for those topics. Um, I've recently shared about my experiences on Instagram and yeah, just kind of the ball started rolling from there and it's become a lot bigger than I thought it would, but I'm super, super happy with it. Yes. And I think that when I approached you, I told you that I think it's amazing Every time I see a woman owning her story, first of all, because it's not easy to do to you know, mm-hmm. get on social media or on a public platform and say, hey, I'm struggling and things aren't good for me. And I know that a lot of you feel the same. So I'm going to put myself out here vulnerably um, and hope that, you know, I, I make some waves here. And I think that it's so badass to do that. And so I guess we'll just start with you kind of reiterating what you said in those videos for us, just kind of. Tell me about how you found out that you were going to be dealing with this kind of stuff and your first experience with loss. Um, I know it's really hard to talk about, and I thank you so much for being so candid about it. Um, Of course. So yeah, just like take us there. All right. So it all began uh, when Tyler and I got married in June of 2017. I was on Depo-Provera for like, I want to say it was at least probably six, maybe even seven years. It was a long time. And before that, I was on the pill. Um, So they had actually switched me from the pill to depo because I get migraines and they said, I don't know, something, it could lead to like strokes or something crazy anyway. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll just take this needle every three months. I will not have my period. And I thought life was great. Right. So yeah, I was on that for years and years. And then we didn't want to start trying right away, right when we got married, because I was still in school. Um, taking aesthetics and I wasn't going to graduate until November. And then I kind of wanted to get my business going and just kind of focus on all that. So we decided we would wait. 
Um, and then January, 2018 came and that was when I decided to not get my next Depo Provera needle. So we weren't really trying, trying, but we weren't super avoiding either. And it wasn't until probably that summer or even the fall where we really decided we're like, okay, like now we're going to start trying and see what happens. So normally when you think like, oh, okay, I, I'm going to have a baby now. Like you just think it's going to bam happen just like that. Mm-hmm. Well, it did not. So it was a good year of that trying. And then I remember having a family or appointment with my family doctor and she referred me to the fertility clinic in Sudbury because if you've been trying for a year with no luck, then they'll definitely like no questions questions asked. Wow. Sorry. Tongue tied today. Um, they will refer you to a fertility clinic and kind of see like clearly something's going on. Right. So she referred me and Tyler, we got in October, 2019. And actually basically what they did was they started cycle tracking. So they took my blood on certain days of my cycle. They did ultrasounds just to kind of like check my follicles and my uterine lining and like all that jazz. And I guess once I had my first appointment, I kind of just relaxed and I was like, okay, this is in their hands now. It's kind of up to them. Clearly I can't do it on my own. And I ended up getting pregnant that month. So we found out it was I think mid-November and uh, we were super excited, of course. Like this is exactly what we had wanted for so long and to finally have it happen. Like we were just super pumped, like planning families, Christmas gifts and like ways to introduce or not introduce, like tell them we were pregnant and all that. So yeah, that happened. And then I kept going for different ultrasounds, like certain, like whatever week I was, I would go and get an ultrasound just to make sure everything was going good. And I was at about six weeks and we went in and I just remember them saying like, okay, so the baby's measuring a little small and the heartbeat's a little slower than we'd like to see it. So me just being oblivious to like anything, baby or pregnancy, I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. like there's still a baby in there. So cool. We're good. Yeah. Um, And then they had us in a week later. And I remember when I was having my ultrasound done, Tyler was in there with me and he was looking at the screen, asking all the questions like, oh, is that the baby's heartbeat? La la la. And the ultrasound tech wasn't really saying much. Like they're not really allowed to say very much, but she was saying nothing, like just staring at the screen and just kind of nodding and I'm like, okay, something is up here. This is just weird. So we finished up, went and sat in the waiting room and we had to wait a good like 15, 20 minutes before we got in with the doctor so that she can explain everything. So we go in there, sit in her office and she pretty much just looks at us and says, I really wish I had better news for you guys, but the baby's heart has stopped beating. Oh my goodness. So that was extremely awful. Like we were just... I was in such shock. Tyler instantly, like he was obviously upset. I was super upset too, but I just like couldn't really believe what was happening. Right. Yeah. And I was trying not to cry and be strong for him because I could see his eyes getting all watery. And I'm like, oh my God, okay, I can't do this. So I remember even saying something about like, oh, well, I guess I can drink at your Christmas party tonight. Like obviously we didn't go to his Christmas party (laughs) because, you know, but 
yeah so shock right you were probably just sitting in that shock and just exactly can't even process in those moments I'm sure yeah it was just so surreal so that yeah that was definitely difficult um hearing that so they kind of told me I had two options I could either wait for it to pass naturally or I could take this medication and it would just kind of get things going they did warn me that was a very uncomfortable thing to go through, but if I kind of wanted to get it dealt with quicker, which I did, um, that was my best bet. So I did it on, I took these pills. I believe it was a Saturday or something. Whenever I didn't work the next day, just to make sure I had a day to kind of like recoup and just do whatever. Um, so yeah, I took those and it was like an overnight process and it was super uncomfortable not a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of what happened with the first miscarriage. So I've had two. I just want to quickly pop in if that's okay. Yeah. You touched on so much and I want to thank you for your very matter of fact delivery. I think that it's so important to hear from women and you're telling it exactly how it happened, right? Like you're not a Mm -hmm. doctor and you're not, in hysteria you're just a woman who went through something so terrible and so shitty and when you explain things the way you explain it I just want to thank you so much because it brings not only so much light to how hard and difficult this was but it also brings light to the fact that you had to make these decisions while you were in shock and beginning your grief cycle and Mm -hmm. it's like you don't even have time to sit with that right it's like immediately like okay so you can go home or you have to take these pills now And I just want to commend you on making a choice that felt good to you in the moment. As women, we're never applauded for our decisions, regardless of what they are. (laughs) There is someone always (laughs) the wrong one, right? Someone's always going to say, you shouldn't have done that, or I don't agree with that. So when you talk about these things that we both know so many women that we know and don't know are going through it, it just brings so much normalcy. And I feel like I understand better. So I know that people who are listening are going to feel either represented right? They're going to feel like, Hey, that happened to me too. And she's talking about it. Or Mm -hmm. if it ever happens to them, you're taking some of the fear of the unknown out. And I just think, yeah, for sure. Thank you so much. And also talking about fear of unknown, when you said, (laughs) you said, well, I just got off the shot and I just figured like, now we get pregnant. Isn't that crazy how we are so uneducated about hormones and birth control and fertility that we just think like, well, I want to now. So (laughs) where's my baby, right? Like Yeah, it's insane. We have no idea that this can be excruciatingly hard and this can be devastatingly long. And honestly, on average, it takes about a year for a healthy person with no fertility issues to conceive. Mm -hmm. And none of us know that. We're all just like thinking like tomorrow's the day. And (laughs) when you start to educate yourself on fertility, I remember when I was dealing with infertility. I was surprised when doctors were telling me that there was only a few days a month I could even conceive. I was like, what? I know it's crazy. <laughs> I had no idea either. <laughs> like, I thought like every day was go time. I don't understand what you're saying. So <laughs> I think that when we talk about these things and we say what happened in our meetings and what happened in our appointments and what we've learned and what we've read, we're helping other women who are going to come after us, who are going to think the same thing, like done the pill. Does it happen for some women? Yeah. Like some Mm -hmm. women are super lucky. And even when they're not trying, it happens. Right. And a lot of us are not. And so, yeah, thank you so much. I'm so sorry for your loss. It's 
so heartbreaking. And every time you talk about it, I well up and I try to keep <laughs> my shit together for you because you're so strong. <laughs> you're <laughs> but, so sweet. <laughs> no, it's true. And I just feel very, very blessed that you're talking about this because I sat in the darkness with infertility for five years before I ever had a child. And mm -hmm. I thought there was something wrong with me. I almost never talk about this because I was diagnosed PCOS. Okay. That's where they said my infertility came from, but I was misdiagnosed and I actually have endometriosis and I didn't get diagnosed oh, wow. with endo until two years ago. So that is like 12 years of a oh misdiagnosis. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's crazy when I think back, I'm like, I should have been an advocate for myself. I should have done my own research and seen a naturopath and, and taken things into my own hands instead of just being like, okay, well, I guess that's it for me. And a lot of people, it's don't hard know, though. Right. And a lot of people don't know that me and Brad were applying for adoptions when I, before I had Hudson and we were looking into foster um, care and we just decided that like, if that wasn't going to be our path, like we were going to be parents. And so it's just so important to talk about these things. You make me feel brave enough to talk about it. Now I have many children and <laughs> the world works very weird in that way. Sometimes they withhold and sometimes they give maybe too much. Um, <laughs> but I would love to, uh, hear you continue your story. I know you have more experience to share with us and I'm here to listen. All right. So I guess I can just kind of jump right into where we left off, which would have been like December. Yes. Um, of course it was right before Christmas and like, you know, just not that there's a good time to have this happen, but like, it was really not a good time. Like an extra bad time. Yeah. 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 And like Christmas is my favorite time of the year and it just, it was not the same. It wasn't the same, but anywho. So, uh, yeah, so pretty much we took, I think like January off just to like try to get back to normal, let ourselves grieve before we went back to the fertility clinic to see what our next steps were. And he was in February, late February, early March ish, um, 2020, that lovely year. Um, that we we went back to the fertility clinic and they said, Kate, we're gonna do, we're gonna start with like cycle tracking and we'll put you on a round of letrozole, which is a very intense medication that helps you ovulate. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. Because I guess my progesterone was low and that helps bring it up and it's just all this stuff that fits together. So I'm like, okay, let's do it. So they gave me the letrozole, they started the cycle tracking. I went in after I should have ovulated. And they did my blood work and they said, okay, so I don't know what happened. If we either like missed your ovulation or you still haven't ovulated yet, we're not sure, but let's come back next month or next cycle. And let's just try this again. So I'm like, okay, this, this month's a write-off. Um, and that's fine. So it was, I guess, end of March ish was when I was supposed to have my next appointment, but of course the world shut down and everything was canceled and all that jazz. So I was kind of upset about that, of course, because I thought maybe we'd be getting somewhere, but it was going to be on hold for a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I just remember something had told me to take a test. I don't even think I was late for my period or anything. This would have been like beginning of April and it was positive. So I'm like, oh my God. Wow. So obviously super excited, but super scared at the same time because of what had happened the first time. But I just myself I'm like okay I can't just sit here and be negative and think that everything is going to end the same because it might not it might be okay like we might actually get to have this baby so I tried to be excited as best as I could but um 
it was hard because everything was shut down. I had no distractions. I had to wait weeks between appointments with the fertility clinics. I actually did end up getting in with them because I was actively pregnant and they started doing the ultrasounds and they, I don't even remember exactly. This one's kind of blurry because I don't know if my brain is just not wanting to remember it all or because every day was exactly the same. It's just confusing, but I just remember there was one ultrasound. They had to send me somewhere else to go get it done. And I tried to question the ultrasound tech and she was not budging. Like I knew she couldn't tell me anything, but I'm like asking certain questions to see if her facial expression changes. Like I got nothing from her. So I had that ultrasound done and it was a good week. I had to wait until the doctor had called me to tell me what happened. And it, ended the same. I had another missed miscarriage. Like there was no heartbeat. Like I just, I was so frustrated and so confused as to why this kept happening to me. It just made no sense. So that one, I think that one was almost harder to deal with because it was the second one. And because of the time and everything that was happening, it was just, like I said, I didn't have distractions. Right. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't like literally do nothing. I couldn't work, nothing. So that one was really, really tough for sure. You were essentially like isolated in, mm-hmm. in your sadness. Like you had to just sit in it alone. I mean, you yeah. have a great partner, which I'm so happy because mm-hmm. that makes the world a difference. But I think that, and I don't know if you agree personally, I feel like as a woman going through something, no matter how amazing your partner is, whether they're female or male, if they have not experienced it, it's almost like you just feel like you're not understood. Yes. It is totally different for them than it is for us. Right. So like as much as someone is trying to relate and be there for you, there's like that part of you in your head that thinks like, they just don't get it. They just have no idea what this feels like. Yeah, for sure. And I'm wondering if that was part of the reason why you decided to start sharing just because you felt like I'm not really feeling like anyone is getting it. And I know my people are out there, right? Like I know there is other yeah. women. So maybe you could talk a bit on why you decided to press that button and record. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. So I had been thinking about it for a while actually. And I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm like, oh, I don't have the balls for this. Like I can't, what are people going to think? Like, are they going to judge me? And then literally my friend, actually had posted something trying to think when this was earlier this year probably like January February something like that and she had also had a miscarriage this past December unfortunately and she decided to post about it so I remember her asking me like okay so I'm thinking of posting like this is the picture I want to use and this is what what I want to write I'm like oh my god seriously like do it It'll make you feel so good. I just know that. Like, I obviously hadn't done it yet. And I was just kind of being a chicken shit about it. But like, you go, girl. So she did. And I was so, so proud of her. And then that finally kind of gave me that push. Still took me a few weeks after that. But I'm like, okay, I need to do this because I'm constantly looking for different, like other people who know what I'm going through and are able to help me. Mm. So it'd be nice to just put it all out there. And then actual people that I know would message me and kind of let me know like what they're going through and their experiences. And it's just, I wanted to create a community of like 
women who actually understand each other and like genuinely know how this feels and what I was going through. And, and I wanted to be able to help others too. So I just, I bit the bullet one day. I actually was home during like on a break from work. And I just like, it just hit me. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to make this video real quick before I go back to work and just like spew everything and throw it out there and see what happens. So I did. And the feedback I got from it was insanely amazing. Like tons of people that I know that I had no idea were going through these problems and experiences had messaged me and saying like, thank you so much for sharing your story. Like, I don't feel as alone anymore. And then they would tell me about their experiences. And honestly, it's just super, super therapeutic for me just to like, get on there and talk about stuff. Like, even if it helps one person, just one person. Yes. That's all I care about. And I know it helps me. So, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And even at the end of the day, even if it's helping you, you just said therapeutic, it's kind of Mm -hmm. a virtual journaling, right? It's like, you're just sitting there and just talking it out. And in that instance, it's just you and the camera. So it just feels like you can just let it all out. I know it's a little different once you press send and then everyone (laughs) can see it, but I feel the same way when I record something, I always feel like I'm just releasing it. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. taking it off my chest and I'm just putting it out there. And so, yeah, I, I would agree that that's very therapeutic. And I'm so happy that you had such a good response. I'm not happy for the circumstance. It is heartbreaking mm-hmm. statistically to think of how many women are living with this, with loss and infertility. It's definitely so tragic, but there's so much power in connecting. And like you said, community and when you feel less alone, it's less scary to continue. Would you agree? Like, I feel like when we normalize that this is not, I, you know what, then we're just talking about shame, aren't we? So I feel like when <laughs> I couldn't conceive and all my friends were having children so young and I was the only one, it felt like I, it was the only person left who hadn't had a baby. I don't know if you can relate to that feeling. A and little bit. It just felt, I think just my circumstance, everyone had kids and I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I constantly felt like I was alone. I constantly felt like um, there was something wrong with me. And mm-hmm. people in my family and friends would just say, oh, just relax. Like it's going to happen. Like it's not a big deal. Or like, that's the worst thing to I, say. Oh my like, God. I think that we should always just err on the side that like, it's not in someone's control and there could be a medical condition. Right. And when we say mm-hmm. things, that take away from someone's pain, like, don't even worry about it. You'll have a baby someday. Like that can be so harmful to the person who's either suffering with infertility or has had a major loss. And so for me, it just felt very shameful. It felt like, so what's wrong with me? Everyone's exactly. saying it's so easy and everyone's saying it should just be like a walk in the park. So it just inwardly made me feel like I'm so embarrassed that like, I can't do this normal thing that all women can do. Yeah. I I wanted to know if maybe like you had any similar experiences with shame or, or even if you were the one who put it on yourself, just because society tells you like, you're a woman, you should have a baby. Um, I'd love to hear like from an emotional standpoint, how you felt um, in regards to that while you were going through all of this and ongoing. For sure. Yeah. Like, honestly, it's a daily struggle. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Every day is different. Some days I'm just like high up there feeling good. And then other days I'm low as hell. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's super, super difficult to deal with because 
I don't know how. And yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's such an emotional roller coaster. It's insane. Like, and having people say stuff like that to you, like, you just need to relax. It'll happen. Oh, you just need to go on vacation and like have sex on vacation, then come home and you'll be pregnant. It's like, okay, that might work for some people. Clearly, there's something deeper wrong with me. So, having people say those things to me, it's almost like they're reiterating that I am to blame. Exactly. I blame myself enough. Like, I don't need, and it's not that it's their fault. They don't know what to say. Right. Like, it's really not other people's fault because they aren't educated on what to say. And their discomfort, right? I feel like exactly it's a lot of them not feeling comfortable with your circumstance. And instead of asking maybe like what, what, what you feel or what you think, it's just easier to almost dismiss it. And I agree with you that in most cases, it's not malicious and it's not mm-hmm. to be mean, but it does 100% come off as you're the problem. You're stressed, go on vacation and everything will be fine. When we know that's no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> my, vaca- my vacation may be good for my mental health, but it's not going to jumpstart my uterus. <laughs> like nothing oh my God, crazy right? is going to happen down there from going to a beach. So I think <laughs> that when we have these conversations and when you post videos like you do, I think you're also helping other people's loved ones, right? Like understand, okay, so someone in my life is struggling and I really brushed them off the other day. I really just took their pain and said, you're fine. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. And I hope that these kind of conversations eliminate that kind of talk because it's so old school to always be blaming the woman. Yes. We know that's true. Firstly, that so many things can go wrong with fertility in regards to a man also, but it's never talked about. And we also know that it's beyond our control. We were not born knowing what was going to happen inside our bodies, right? We were not um, educated when we were younger on what hormonal birth control can do to your cycle and what it can do to your body. And we pump ourselves full of hormones for like 10 years during adolescence. And then we're just like, okay, I'm ready to be a mom now. And our body's like, <laughs> uh, no, slow down, <laughs> slow down. You've done a little so damage true. here. Yeah. We got to catch up here a little bit. So <laughs> I think that regardless of what the reason, because there's like thousands, I'm sure you know now, cause you've been so mm-hmm. in it for a while of reasons why pregnancy doesn't happen and why pregnancy is lost. And we need to take the shame out of it because it is beyond a woman's control and no mother who is trying to conceive and then conceives wants anything, but to have that baby. Right. So mm-hmm. we need to normalize that there is no shame in talking about it. There is no shame in sharing about it. It's important. And then we have this whole other situation. I know you had not too long ago, a chemical pregnancy. And until you brought that up, I didn't even know what that was. Me either. I had to Google it and be like, Hey, what? Right. (laughs) You're like, I had this thing that no one's ever even told me about. Um, So I would love to hear a bit about that. If you feel comfortable. Um, Oh yeah, for sure. It's so unheard of it it, for me anyways and obviously to you so yeah all right so I'll do a little bit of a backstory before I had the chemical um but so after my second loss I had been doing like the cycle tracking and ultrasounds and all that again and they had told me that I had a large ovarian cyst on my left ovary I think anyways one of two so 
they told me they had to surgically remove that before we went ahead with anything else. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this is the issue then. Maybe this huge cyst, it was almost eight centimeters in diameter. So, I mean, it's not little, but so I had that removed in July and got all healed up. And I was like, okay, so maybe this is it. And it still wasn't happening. Still wasn't happening a couple months later. And so I called them back and they're like, okay, we'll get back into the cycle tracking. We'll start you on another round of letrozole. I think in total, I might've done like five rounds of letrozole. I don't even remember what times of the year it was, but I had tried quite a few and normally that does work, but not for me apparently. So I had done that again in the fall and I ended up just testing early. And I remember it was on a Friday and it was positive. It was a faint positive, but it was there. I'm like, holy shit. Like this is okay, cool. So I was happy because the cyst was gone. I figured, okay, I have a clean slate. Like this might be it. And I just remember saying, I'm not going to get too excited though, because you know, shit happens. And then Tyler too said like, just keep living your life. Like keep doing your thing. Don't like stop doing stuff and drop everything just because you tested positive. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right actually. So I just did my thing. And then over the weekend, it got lighter and lighter and lighter. And then Monday I started my period. So I'm like, Hey, what the heck even just happened there? So I did my research and it was a chemical miscarriage. So basically it's just a very, very, very early miscarriage. So normally people don't even realize they're having them. Like there's a huge chance I've had more and just didn't know. Cause I didn't test. Right. Um, so yeah, my body was trying to get pregnant. It just, something wasn't working. And I actually had a second one like earlier this year too, that I had noticed. Um, but yeah, it's just such a weird thing because you, you pee on a stick and it's positive and it's like, okay, I'm pregnant. And then literally days later, your period just arrives and it's like, oh, okay. So confusing, right? So confusing. And I think that it kind of, it kind of speaks to firstly, that we need more education on these kinds of things because we should know that these things can happen. And like Mm -hmm. you said, like any woman who's had a very late period and was maybe wondering if they were pregnant, but never tested, like these things can happen all the time and we just don't detect them because we're not looking. Yeah. But I think what people need to know about women dealing with infertility, and I don't know how you feel about this, but you are hyper aware of everything going on in your body, right? Like Mm -hmm. I would feel when I was ovulating, like I could, I, I knew everything that was going on in my body. I was tracking it so intently. And I just, I had these gut feelings all the time, right? Like I was like, I should take a test. Something feels like I should do it. Like you're just so in tune and trying so hard to be in tune with your body that everything goes unnoticed. Like you're always, sorry, everything is noticed. Like there's nothing that like go over your head. Right. It's exhausting. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, do you (laughs) feel like it's just like a full-time job, just trying to make sure that your body is on track at this point? Yeah, it is extremely exhausting. And honestly, PMS symptoms and pregnancy symptoms are like the same thing. So, oh my God. Yeah, it's annoying. Confusing also, because it gives you that little, even if you don't want it to, it gives you that hope. Mm -hmm. That little couple minutes of, you know, or a couple days of hope where you're like, this feels like it's right. Like this feels like this is going to be, you know, my month. And, And then when it isn't, it's so upsetting because- you read all the books and you know, all the symptoms, you know what you're looking for. And maybe even like the period was late. 
And then for it to happen like that repetitively, I want to know what you're doing to take care of yourself um, emotionally and mentally and physically to, to get through this and to continue on in this journey. Honestly, some months I just say, screw it. And like, I continue to take my supplements and prenatals and whatever, but I don't really pay attention to where my like ovulation days are. I don't pay attention to what day in my cycle I am. Like, I just, I can't, I just can't do it. Like it's super exhausting. And I just, I, sometimes I've just had enough and I just have to not. So I've been trying a bit of that. Just but, kind of just resting, <laughs> just like, yeah, like maybe like a mental vacation. <laughs> This vacation that everyone wants you to go on, you are sometimes taking. <laughs> yeah, it's just in my head. <laughs> you know what though? I love that. I love that you are taking care of yourself in the way that you know when you're putting way too much into it because the burnout, right? Must be mm-hmm. insane. And you are still a woman who has to run a business and take care of your animals and, you know, foster a marriage and and you have a home and you have all these things and friendships, right. And family. And like, you have a whole life yeah. besides infertility. And I think that it's so important that you're still recognizing that you still have to take care of the vessel, right? Like I'm still a person in here. I think that yeah. when, we, when we're going through any kind of trauma, it's so easy to get lost in it and like completely lose who you are because it's tunnel vision, right? It's so and consuming. So good for you for knowing that like, I know it's been a while and I know that I've had heartbreak after heartbreak, but I need to take care of me a little bit this month and not stare at this calendar and stare at these days. And it's hard to, I would assume it's hard to maintain some kind of uh, spontaneity when you're going through that, but it's really commendable that you're making the effort to have a bit of that, right? Mm -hmm. I want to ask you a bit about the toll it's taken (laughs) on your relationship, if any, And if you think it's changed your relationship, it can be good or good or bad or whatever, just kind of speak on as partners, how this has been for both of you. It's been good and bad. So it's been good because Tyler is the most supportive person on the planet. So he's always, yeah, he's like, he's always there for whatever I need. If I'm having a really, really bad day, he makes sure that I don't have to cook dinner. Like, I mean, I'm sitting at home doing nothing right now because (laughs) my spa is closed, but if he knows I'm having a bad day, he will make sure that he cooks dinner and tells me like, don't worry about it. I'll take that off your hands. Like you just chill, do your thing. And like, if I ever have any, like any specific appointments I want to go to or any treatments I want to try, like he's always right there. Okay, let's do it. Like, what's it take? Or if I need him to get certain tests done, like, okay, I'll do it. Like he doesn't fight me on anything. Like he's super, super great. Can't complain. Um, the only negative part and it's on my part, um, when I'm in these moods, I just, I feel like it, it negatively affects him a bit. He doesn't show it, but I know it stresses him out because he doesn't know what to do, but neither do I. Mm. I don't know how to get how to get out of the moods when I'm in one. It pretty much just like lasts the day or maybe two days and then eventually works itself out. But it has a lot to do with, of course, where I am in my cycle and like different hormonal 
Um, like I have a progesterone cream that I'm using, like, I'm sure that really messes with hormones too, because it is right. hormone based, but yeah, like, I guess that's kind of the negative part. I don't know how to deal with my feelings. So I just, I don't know, I end up being short with him and sometimes we bicker, but that's normal anyways. So yeah. Well, it sounds yeah. like you guys have a really healthy relationship and it sounds like you have an insane amount of support, which I'm so mm-hmm. grateful for because when you're going through something, the worst thing is feeling like you have no one in your corner. And so it sounds like you have such a strong, even just in the home, right? Just within your relationship, that strong yeah. support. And I think that you should give yourself some grace in having these bad moods. You're calling them our bad days. First of all, every human on the planet has bad days, but second of yeah. all, <laughs> you are going through something so hard to walk through Robin. And I think that you need to acknowledge how strong and brave you've been because like, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting your horn or anything, but <laughs> I think it's important to recognize like, Hey, I'm going through something that is so difficult and I'm doing it essentially by myself. Cause no matter how much my partner is there for me, he is not in my body. Right. And mm-hmm. so just give yourself some grace in that. I think that as women, we need to praise each other. And I just want to tell you, you are phenomenal and you should be insanely proud of yourself that you've maintained a business, a career, a life, a fa- like your family, your, your marriage, all while suffering. That is something truly only a woman could do. <laughs> so I hope that you feel that. I hope that you feel accomplished in that sense, because I am in awe just hearing you talk about your journey and everything that you've gone through. I just think it's amazing that you're here and you're showing up and you're not only showing up for yourself, but you're making it a point to show up for every other woman. It's amazing. Well, thank you. (laughs) And I wanted to bring that up also because you have this amazing thing you're doing. I want to plug your candles, dude. I think it's amazing. I want you to talk (laughs) a bit about it and then you can tell people where they can buy it online and in person. So tell me about the candles. Where did it come from? And what are you doing with it? All right. So this started officially in March, but when we got shut down again, I was thinking like, okay, I need a little project. What am I going to do? I'm obsessed with candles. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make some candles. I'm going to get some like clean burning wax, some clean burning fragrance, and we're just going to play around and go from there. But I just, I wanted something deeper with it. I didn't just want to make candles and sell them at the shop. Like I have a bunch of other retail items. That's just whatever, just another thing. So that's when I kind of had thought about when I shared my story on Instagram and just kind of opened up and let everybody know what I've been dealing with. So I decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to somehow make this mesh together. So basically what I came up with was for each candle sold, 25% of the proceeds goes into a fund that I've started. So I opened up a separate account. I'm still working on um, like applications and everything, but basically what these funds are going to go towards is other women in Northern Ontario that are also struggling with miscarriage and infertility. So specifically they're going to help with um, like, specialist appointments, um, medications, fertility treatments, natural path appointments, counselor's appointments, stuff like that, that isn't already covered by OHIP or 
any personal insurances. So it's just kind of above and beyond and anything fertility related that they need help with, because I know how much of a financial burden this can be. And especially with not working months on end, it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It adds up like it's crazy. And so that's kind of what I decided to do. And I so far have five cents and I've got three different sizes in candles and I have them. So I have some available at my house because I'm never really at the shops. Not really a reason to be there. Can't do anything, <laughs> but I have them at home. And then I recently had the nature nook in Massey take some in as well. So they sell them there. Uh, my friend in Bracebridge at Muskoka Aesthetics is also retailing the candles and then Tanner's Independent Grocer here in Espanola. I just dropped some off earlier this week there. So this is going really, really well. I already have, I think it's almost $1,500 in this fund. And I just started it in March, like mid-March, late March. Amazing. So like it's, it's going really well and I'm super excited about it. Like I feel they're just extra special candles. Like, I don't know. No, I I'm super passionate about it. So it's perfect. Right. And I want people who are listening to know that they can buy it at those locations. So do we ship these candles? Yeah. So I can ship them. You can go to blissfulesthetics.net and you can order them on there, or you can either go to bliss candles co on Instagram and check stuff out there. That's just kind of where I post You'll see a lot of my videos, behind the scenes, all the different kinds of candles I have. There's also a link to the website on there as well. But yeah, those are the main main places you can find the candles. Perfect. Okay, so I'm going to have all your socials linked below so that everyone, awesome. if you're interested in supporting Robin's mission to help women with infertility in Ontario, you can go there and purchase. You can follow along on her journey. As you've heard today, she is amazing and so gracious and so kind. And we all need to get behind women who are sharing their stories. So everything will be linked below. Robin, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to talk to me about this and to inform and educate and share. I appreciate it insanely. Thanks for having me. No problem. I appreciate and it. I hope that everyone goes and buys a candle because they smell very <laughs> good. I got mine and it's amazing. And <laughs> Yeah, I'm just super grateful for women like you. And I can't wait to follow along and see where your journey takes you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Angel. Thank you. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.